Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been one indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing office postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and times to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, which is P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, which is P-O-D. That's Stamps.com, promo code P-O-D. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Happy Friday. It is another week, but let's just backtrack. We are at season five. So this is episode one of season five. How amazing is that? I'm super glad to have taken off the two weeks, but we are back, ready to go. We have an amazing season ahead. And today... I just happen to have a pretty amazing co-host, if I might say, and that is my husband, Marcus. Now, if you remember, he was with us, I believe, in season two, and he was pretty great. Like, everybody loved his responses. We talked about our relationship and pretty much like the earlier years. We're talking about the struggle years. Would you say that would be correct? Yes, I would say that was accurate. (laughs) <laughs> so the struggle years, so those years when, you know, we've been together forever and a day, but uh, the years where you're struggling with communication, you know, we had a young family, we still have pretty much a young family now, but at the time we were talking about babies, we had some babies and trying to navigate that space, um, my postpartum depression, mental health all together, it just was a weird and crazy whirlwind of a time. So we're back, we're here in season five first guests and welcome again thank you for having me (laughs) you're very humble marcus very very humble so the last time we were here we were talking about those early struggle years what would you say was one of the lessons you think that you 
and I or just you yourself brought in that kind of helped to elevate us to like a better place? I think where our relationship really turned is where you and I, as I mentioned last time, we just decided that we weren't going to be those kids that we were before and that we were going to be the adults that we wanted to be and put together our petty stuff. I think what recently made us even stronger on top of that is when we both celebrated our big years with our birthdays and we had those serious conversations with ourselves that couples need to have about our priorities, what we want to do, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, uh, what we will put up with, not put up with. And I would say being more candid than we've ever been with each other before and very eye-opening conversations <laughs> yep. um, about kind of where we are and where we want to be in a relationship. So I think those deep conversations um, really help bring us to where we are now. So without sharing the entire conversation, what would be, I would guess, the most eye-opening part of, our, of that conversation? Because mind you, let me just give backdrops. So this was mainly at your 40th. Well, I wasn't going to say the age, but... I mean, come on, sir. We've like, grown. They know. They know how I celebrate birthdays. They're fully... The ready. conversation started with my 40th. Right. But it really elevated with your 40th. We had a staycation on both times. Mm-hmm. And the staycation we had with your 40th was really when you opened up to be, like, very eye-opening to me about, you know, your... Um, what you're accepting in a relationship, not accepting in a relationship... Um, how you want to elevate the relationship and things like that. I think that was extremely um, where the where the level of understanding really increased. So, trying to think of how to word it to get it out again without going into the whole thing. We were talking about cheating. There we go. Okay. Bingo. Okay. There we go. So we were talking about cheating and what was eye-opening about that particular conversation? The eye-opening piece for me was just your level stance on it about just what you weren't going to put up with. And to be clear, not that I thought that you were just like, you know, you're going to cheat on me and I'm just going to rock out and do whatever. That, was, that wasn't the thought. But just your very clear understanding about like, where you are as a person now, mm-hmm. which you are willing to put up with, which you absolutely won't put up with, <laughs> um, uh, was extremely eye-opening for me because I honestly felt that conversations around cheating, I was under the impression that both of us, if a mistake was to be made okay. by either one of us... Good catch. Go ahead. That... The other person would be able to work through an actual mistake. To be very clear, mistake is something you do, which you realize is wrong, mm-hmm. and you don't do again. Right. Not to be confused with, oh, I'm sorry every time I'm messing up and cheating on you. So. So I'm, you're saying this mistake, this this whatever subconscious, whatever consciousness of you doing this situation, you're saying a one and done. Yes. Okay. And you made it very clear that that wasn't what you were going to deal with, which is interesting because I made it clear that I thought that was something that could be worked through. And you was like, no. So to give a, (laughs) 
Very true. Mm-hmm. I think to give a backdrop. So in our 20s, there was this level of intensity of love between the two of us. And the thought process of it is that, you know, we could work through anything, you know, 20 year old talk, right? We love each other so much. We're willing to just work through anything. We'll just figure it out. And we just had a little bit more eyes wide open. It's all good. Then you flash forward, not back, because definitely going forward in time until like now in my 40s, nah. And I want to reiterate, because I know a lot of people would say, why wasn't I thinking that way necessarily in my 20s? But in your 20s, you don't really have that fear. I didn't have a fear of, and I wouldn't even say I have a fear now, but I didn't have like a real total thought of like, what happens if he cheats? Like, you know, that conversation came up as far as like, I might cut you. Because now you don't care if I leave. That's what basically changed. Yeah. That's kind of just, that's, that's kind of basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Before so, it was, oh my God, you know, not him. I hope he don't leave me. And now you're I, like, oh, well, okay, yeah, I'm going to just take it and keep riding. <laughs> yeah. But you know where it comes from too? I would say like just watching other people's experiences with cheating, um, whether parents, family members or whatever the case may be. But just like at 40... We kind of have like our established situation going on right now. You have your situation I have with the job and I have my thing and I don't necessarily, I'm not as needy as I was, I would say in my twenties. So you get a little bit more established. And you said I ain't wasting your time. Oh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> listen, let me just be very frank. And if you've never heard me take it there, I'm going to have to take it there. Let me say, let me say this on Beyonce's green earth, right? There is just, level of orgasms and life to be lived and just joy in life for me to be trying to fix a broken, completely broken marriage. Now I am not saying that miracles cannot happen, that Jesus himself could not touch down and save our marriage. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying going into the situation at age 40, feeling pretty stable. I don't foresee that for us. But that's such a switch because again, I'm not giving you a free pass to go cheat at all i'm not taking it but i'm simply saying that i don't think that a true mistake if it was a true mistake being made on either part would just yield the end of our situation and so my level of mistake that's the part that the struggle bus comes and rolls in and i begin to drive that bus and i say what in the hell are you talking about how do you falsely make a mistake a mistake in having sex with someone else. So you can't make a mistake in having sex with somebody else. I'm glad you said that because it at just, all. you know, I'm just, I'm following this. No, no, not at all. And I'm just like, Lord, give me some understanding because I must be on the short bus. I need you to understand, like break it down. Well, before I get deemed into this whole, I'm prepping for this conversation with a when I cheat to get that out in the air. For that. That's not- let's be very clear. All I'm saying is because of what you already preference, right? Our relationship between you and I, right? What we know from friends, families, TV, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I thought I was elevating myself mm-hmm. to say that you know what I get it because people go through these things and you're just like yeah you know I went to that f him yada yada we out mm-hmm. all that you clap. know you and we gone we gone. Right? In the clap. Okay. And that's what we always said. And I was one of those many people. Right. I thought I was elevating to a point where I would say, you know what? 
I guess I do understand that if a person was in those situations, it's hard to just forget everything because of what happened at this one point in time. To which you flipped the script when I thought we were about to have a high five. And you was like, F all that. Because if you did something, idiot, it's over. So, again, I'm not saying that I'm planning for anything. That's in your best interest. But what I'm making a point, well, what I thought I was making a point of saying was that if a true uh, case in bad judgment, so let's not say a mistake. Yeah, because. Let's okay. not say a mistake. Mis- yeah. Let's not say a mistake. Okay. Let's say uh, a piece of bad judgment happened. I just believe if a person was truly sorry for that, and it doesn't have to be just cheating. Right. Just in general, just if a person was truly sorry for something that was done in that moment, the couple that I thought we were <laughs> <laughs> says that we would be able to work through whatever mm-hmm. that was, even though even though the topic was cheating, right. but whatever that was, and be able to come back and be stronger. And I appreciate you being honest about where you are now in your forties and your toy time, and you not dealing with all that and. I, I get it. But this is the thing. So let me be very serious as to why I believe that. Because I believe that as a mother, I can't go to my girls if they get into a situation and tell them, girl, you need to leave that man. And I stuck with their father. What example is that? Because they couldn't receive that from me. Like, they would respect me as their mother and my son as well. They were respected. But in the same token... I don't really have that power to be like, you need to go do A, B, and C when I didn't do it myself. Now, I get it. There's a lot of people whose family, parents, whomever have done the same, and then they're just like, well, don't do that, blah, blah, blah. They'll give you that advice, but you don't really fully respect it enough from somebody who didn't decide to do the same. True. Because there's a level of respect that comes in when you're talking about this quote-unquote cheating of a mistake, right? You slid in and slid out slid on did whatever you did and now you're in this predicament just for the sake of cheating right and so now you're coming home and saying i know i messed up but because of my mistake i need us both to work together to make it work what if i was the one that was here and doing what i was supposed to do and i was faithful what 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 am i helping you do to fix the situation why do i have to come together with you to come and help fix your problem you brought the problem into the marriage Right. right. I'm all for you becoming healed. I believe that we need to go to counseling regardless if we stay together or not, because we need to make sure that we heal from that. I'm a firm believer of that. But just because you get healed from that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be like, well, all right, let's make it work. But again, I go back to the point of we're talking about a situation of a bad judgment as opposed to a new behavior. So. We, we've seen mm-hmm. people who get into this behavior and then they become the person complaining about their significant other who's always doing this um, situation. And it's no longer a mistake at that point. This is now their new life. This is this now what they're doing. Okay. And by you continuing to be with that person, as much as you complain about it, you've accepted this is your new normal. Right. I'm not saying any of that. Right. I'm saying... What about the real step before that where the person says this was absolutely something that I did Mm -hmm. own if I could change wood Mm -hmm. and I don't want this one incident 
to be the defining point in our relationship. But then again, I'm only talking about if it's that one situation, not a new lifestyle. And I'm just like, you know, get over. It's cool. You know, they don't mean nothing. I still love you, girl. And it's going to like all work out. I'm just I'm just focusing on that. Tony Braxton, right? Love should have brought thine ass all the way home. Pretty sure she didn't say that. Um, That's the that's the toy time toy version 2021. Um, But my other issue with that is so this one situation this happened. You know, let's try to work it out, bae. You know, I love you. Things didn't go, you know, it went left. My only problem with that, or not even my only, because obviously I expressed multiple problems with Mm -hmm, it. Take note, sir. Amen. Um, So the issue with that is, again, I just don't see, and I know a lot of times we have to take value in our relationship. Like, you know, you've been together for somebody for 20 something years and then they do this and then you're crying, you're upset. You go through these different phases. I understand just from talking to other couples who have been through it, like, you know, how up and down the emotion is. Like one day you want to take them back. The other day you're ready to cut them. I get all of that. It's just that, you know, when we had talked in our, when we first got together, this was thousands of years ago. The one thing that we talked about is that, you know, when women say that they forgive, like I'm not in a position at 40 to give the energy of let's forgive. And then I'm not, contemplating me doing devious things to you while you yet sleep well if you didn't have this evil inside your spirit sister we wouldn't then have this problem good brother of the of the, of the lord i'm just saying okay um whatever mm-hmm. and amen um we're gonna pray about me because that's just go ahead and leave me in the, in the arcs of but you. i think i understand the point you're but what saying. i'm saying is like some women tell themselves that they can forgive and move on when reality that they cannot right and so they live with this level of unforgiveness and what you're saying now where you are and I'm you don't want to be that person i don't i'm not clear if i'm yet baptized enough to live in that level of forgiveness i don't want to look at you every day and resent the fact that i could be with somebody else that i feel that would be honorable versus the you who chose to not be honorable and still live with you every day and not pin you to the bed and I throw something on you. Like, I don't want to go through all that. And I don't want to evoke and tap into that negative energy in the sake of saving our marriage. And it's so interesting to have the flip of this conversation because, again, where I thought I was elevating my thought process around this. How was you thinking you was elevating? Because of the conversations we were having about this. So, you know, so you and I talk about this one person enough, not famous enough yet to say their name, Mm -hmm. but the one person, third marriage, we talk about this person all the time. Okay, I, I know what you're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. So we keep saying that I initially said, you know, this is the person I'm not valuing their opinion because now they're on their third marriage mm-hmm. to the point you made earlier. So it's like, you know, of course you got all this advice, but you're on your third marriage. Right, right. So you should at least get it right now. You don't screwed it up all these other times. Right. But then talking with you, you helped me to understand that we shouldn't be focusing on the fact that this is the third time. We should be focusing on the lessons being learned or the lessons being given mm-hmm. by the person who's going through it. Right. And that's the point I thought I was elevating us to it just to be like, you know what? You're right. This is a situation, again, just a situation mm-hmm. that can be dealt with, I believe, mm-hmm. if it is a situation that is really something that was of a bad judgment as opposed to a changed behavior. Because I a thousand percent agree with you on the I'm not dealing I'm not staying with a cheater. 
My personal opinion, everybody out there, do you. My personal thing, I'm just not doing it. If I'm coming out and I know you out and about, you running up my credit card bill with some other dude and all this other stuff, I'm going to stop saying it because I'm getting mad now. Whatever all these situations, whatever those situations are, I'm not saying I want any of that to happen. Right. And I'm definitely not living in a situation where that's continuing to happen. Mm-hmm. But I was just trying to make the point about if it was truly a bad situation of judgment at a time, okay. then conversations were had about that. Mm-hmm. Then both people were able to move on. And again, if both people were able to move on, right, then it'd be something that the couple could get over. Not disagreeing with anything you said no, about. No, no, no. And I agree. I just feel like God could bless you to go and be that great husband to somebody else. That's fair. But just not at my expense to where I need to be the one that's babies basically praying over you to get better and then making shorter. I, I, I don't at 40. Ugh. No, that's fair. Like at 40, that's deep. Like, I, I mean, maybe in our earlier years, this honestly couldn't might not even have been a thing. There are some women that cheating that one time or whatever the case may be is just not a deal breaker for them. Mm-hmm. I respect that for you. Cause I feel like every relationship has their deal breakers mm-hmm. and everybody should have their deal breakers. I'm just saying for me, the level of unforgiveness that would live in my spirit would not allow me to parent our children and in a good space. And it would not allow me to parent would not allow me to love you beyond that. And I know that that sounds wrong because it's supposed to have this unconditional love. And I do have it, but I also have more love and respect for myself. Which is which is crucial. And that's just where mm-hmm. I was at. So then my next question, since we talked about that, is how do couples have these very defining conversations? Mm-hmm. How do you bring that up? Especially, let's say, for I am a woman, and you want to have these conversations. How do you bring that up with your husband without the, we need to talk? Because mm-hmm. the second we say... We need to talk. Mm-hmm. Y'all means, shut down. And that means something's wrong. No, it means something we did wrong. And now we need to talk about what I did wrong. Okay. Which, of course, to the majority of women, is I always do something wrong. So now you're just talking about, you just want to pick a topic for me to be wrong about. Because in your head, you have a whole list of all these things I did wrong. And at this particular moment, this is one of the things you want to bring up. And you probably want to bring it up when I'm already doing something. You walk in, see me doing something. You don't care I'm doing something. You still want to talk about it. This sounds very personal. It's just, you know, it's been an ebb and flow. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. So how does a woman... Go back to your question. How does the person bring right, it up? You, right, you right, right, right. No, refocus me. You, you in season five now. Come you, on now. Mm-hmm, so how mm-hmm. does a woman bring up this conversation to her husband, to her boyfriend, to her fiance, to the love of her life without coming off with the, we need to talk? So, and when is a good time? So this is a double-edged question. How and when? Right. Because this was stupid that you brought it up at our staycation. And probably possibly would have ruined the weekend. But, did I bring that up or did you bring that up? No, you definitely brought it up. Okay. But your, your um, tone is real. I'm sorry I was spending a lot of money that weekend and you bringing this up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're about to ruin this weekend. But, okay. How do you bring it up? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Before you even get to the bringing up piece, I want to talk about a crucial part about where are you within yourself before you bring this conversation up. So I think that's the key point of why we were successful in our conversation. Mm-hmm. You've done an amazing job with yourself you've been vulnerable with yourself your podcast shows it. your blog shows it your business shows it you've been very um free with the um uh with your energy and responses to letting people know your growth and where you come from 
Right. Appreciate it. So you've put the work into yourself okay. to be the better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So now I know this, watch this and seen this. I no longer have that mindset when you're coming to say something to me that this is going to be a drag. This is going to pull me down. It's going to be something annoying, yada, yada. Now, of course, you still get on my nerves, obviously. Best person. Right. Okay. But I don't have that mindset anymore. Oh, here she come kind of thing. <laughs> Good to know. Right. But again, I wanted to answer, I wanted to bring that point up first to say, like, because you are now where you needed to be. So that main piece is that if you are going to confront your partner on either side about this, right. ask yourself the questions that you want to ask your partner first. Mm, I agree with that. How do you feel about those questions? How would you answer those questions? Because that's important. If this is a true partnership, you should know how you feel about the questions you're going to ask. Because, again, from our side, we feel like sometimes women ask questions just to ask questions. You're like, I just want to see what he might say. So, I like hypothetical questions, but go ahead. Right. Pointless. But right. So, <laughs> but roll into that situation. Right. You you brought it up. You started talking about it. I knew that now you're talking about something that's really a topic for us to discuss. And it wasn't going to end in, uh, oh, my God, F you, blah, 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 pack up, going home, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I ain't getting done, waste all this money. No. Right. I knew that that wasn't happening. So, again, I think that's the first piece. Before you have this conversation with your significant other, whoever that is, have it with yourself mm-hmm. and then make sure you're in the mindset to receive those responses. Right. Because some people are just ready to gung ho. They just want to attack and go after the person. But then they're not ready for the responses. They just want to go at the person. Okay. So, again, I feel like the reason why our conversation was so successful is because I knew where you were coming from when you asked said questions. And I feel like we're at a place in our relationship now where we can just have open conversations with each other. That's a blessing. Yeah, because that was that was not the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was not the case a short time ago. So. So then, when is the when? When is when is the appropriate time? Obviously, not when you come home. No, oh, God, not when I just walked in the door. Not when you just walk in the door. Not when. Not when I'm watching the game. Okay. No one. Okay. Not when I'm playing my game either. Well, you don't play like that, but okay, go ahead. Um, when is the appropriate time? Yeah, when is the appropriate time? And all men are like, don't. <laughs> don't give up, up the, the secret. Answer. Honestly, I think an appropriate time is really when you're having your one-on-ones. So a date night could be the good time to have that type of conversation. We've done that. Right. Even though you may think the conversation may go left, this is still a prime time where you're out, you're enjoying each other. It's a one-on-one. You have, you're in your adult mindset. Hopefully the kids aren't around. You know, you're probably dressed up, going to a nice place. You're just having an adult outing with each other. Okay. So your mindset is now acceptable to have adult conversations, adult interactions. I'm not thinking about the kids. You're not thinking about work. Not thinking about what's on TV. Right. We're out. So I think date night, whatever date night looks like for you, could be a good time to have these conversations. Early in the date night. The could, better. The better, yes. <laughs> I would say like maybe the first 20 minutes of a date. Oh, yeah. You want to get this out the set, way. Because like it can go left. mentally set a, like a timer in your mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first 20 minutes you put whatever on your table so that you can at least bring it up. Even if you don't have an answer. I right think, after you order the meal. Let no, the, no, no, let no, the no. meal. After, no, no, no. After you order the drink. 
After you order the drink. After you order the drink, then you have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Tap it at 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Then that way, you're not looking to necessarily resolve it. You may not get to a resolve. Well, you got to say that again. You may not necessarily get to resolve every time you bring a conversation Mm -hmm. to your partner. And you have to be okay with letting some things set to the side. Especially since if you're coming to the conversation knowing what you want to ask and you're just springing this on the other person. Right. Other person automatically could be defensive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and again, these type of strong conversations can be hard for any couple to have because initially, if you're having the conversation, the immediate thought is, what's wrong? What did I do? Right. And I think what's been helping is sometimes when we talk, we say, I'll say to you, I'm not asking for you to go into fix it mode. Right. I've, yeah. I need you to be a listener. Yeah, I've definitely, and this is a big piece to add, I've definitely now stopped trying to figure out what you need, because mm-hmm. I'm going to get it wrong every time. Possibly. So that's why I just say, are you asking for my opinion, or are you just venting? Because if you're just venting and want to go on a rant, then I can just sit there. But if you actually want a response, then I need to know the difference in that time. Right. And I may look for your opinion, but I'm also not asking you to fix it. That's a key Because there's a, there's a huge difference there's a huge where difference. I may just want your opinion, but I'm not asking you to fix it. Meaning that you're not going to get bent out of shape if I don't take your advice. Right. Because I'm just listening to your for your opinion so that I can then, in the end of the day, make the final decision. Right. Which happens a lot with us. Like, mm-hmm. I may say, hey, I, I'm having this question and, you know... I want your opinion on it. I'm not going to necessarily move on it right now. Give me 24 or something hours and I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really helpful. And I think a lot of couples need to just establish that type of level of clear communication. I think the problem is, is that we don't think that clear communication is necessary. Like once you become along with someone for so long, mm-hmm. they're supposed to know, which brings me to the next topic. Mm-hmm. Talks about sex. Oh, so first of all, don't owe Jesus because ours. We're good. No, we're good. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. See the tone. Um, so when it comes to sex, Jada Pinkett Smith oh, yeah, this... claims that she, she after so long with your partner, but there is some levels of truth to that. Mm-hmm. After so long with your partner, your partner could possibly feel like as if you're just supposed to know them. They know you, you know them, and then you're supposed to just come together sexually and then just know each other without ever communicating change or putting desires out there or switching things up. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is a huge pitfall for a lot of couples. Mm-hmm. You know, you get this little sting of however long, whether it's the seven year itch or whatever year you've got to. And then you think that that person is just supposed to know your body, but people have a right to sexually change mm-hmm. their preferences, what they desire, what they want. So how does a couple sexually come to the table and actually have an uh, actual conversation because things can get stagnant at any given point from one person to the other. So mm-hmm. how does a couple come to the table to talk about sexually what they need without necessarily hurting feelings? Or if they are hurting feelings, because some people may just take it as wrong, how do you get past that moment? Well, you're not going to have a conversation about sex with no man and not hurt his feelings. This is not going to happen. Okay, just, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, just our fragile eagles or whatever and I can I can admit to now in my age that that's just is what it is. That's not that's not gonna happen. Okay. But once the uh person gets past that, 
you can actually then receive what's being said. Okay. Um, which is easier said than done to listen and then know that your partner is coming to you because they're either not satisfied with something mm-hmm. or they want to do something different. And maybe that different is out of your comfort zone now. Okay. And that conversation then needs to be like, <laughs> what you don't want to just do is, hey, turn on some porn and be like, hey, what do you think of, you know, because now, now, you know, don't try to be sending subliminal messages or nothing like that. It's definitely better just to have a conversation about the, um, the stuff that you want to do. But definitely not in the moment, though. No, not in the moment. Definitely not even in the bedroom. Um. Yeah, it's probably better not to have had the sex talk in the bedroom at all. Right. But <clears throat> in her particular situation, I don't like the fact of how she's, you know, in the news again for this particular piece. Because, again, if as the husband, now that this continues to come up in so many different ways, it's like now we're not talking about how we can grow together. The conversation has now been changed to how you can't keep up or I'm no longer pleased. And then now that's already starting in a lane of it's not us anymore. It's now me and you need to either catch up with me or, or, you know. Yeah. Especially because she was already messing with this, uh, allegedly, allegedly, uh, mm-hmm. August Alcina, um, and who's a younger man. Right. Uh, what I'm going to say half of Will's age. Probably. And so, yeah, I could see that, that feeling of, okay, now you're basically trying to put out to the world that. You know, it's me. So in her defense, when I went back and watched the longer clip of it, she is stating that the level of trying to get comfortable enough to express your sexual relationship with your partner and then your partner just, again, just assuming mm-hmm. that things are the same when they have it. So she relies heavily on the fact that they have known each other in their 20s. And I think Will's now 50 now. Yeah, thank you. So, that was a, that was a big thing. Yeah, right? so yeah. I think it was mm-hmm. like a little under thirty years that they've been together, and so now it's this level of what do we do now? How do we move to the next step? And then all these other levels of whatever. But just based upon their interactions, if they're in an open relationship or open marriage, whether that's sexually or not, they need to just say that. And just move go on. ahead and do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do that. I think. The conversation just keeps making it seem as if Jada is one being uncooperative in their in their marriage, mm-hmm. or she just doesn't want him and just wants younger men. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really going to be the perception. I'm going to you know, and we can watch it together too to see how this. Yeah, unfolds, I'm curious to see how it unfolds um, on the red table talk. But yeah, that's just how it's being perceived, and it keeps being pushed out, and it keeps being manipulated in such a way that makes it seem as if Will, of all people, who you would never you know physically expect. For them to be having such these heavier conversations so openly. Because before right. they would never necessarily talk about their marriage or anything. It was right. only until this whole uh, backlog of this whole August Alcina that it even became a thing. I think, again, for the men is um, being able to just hear what your partner is saying. So there's one piece that I had to grow into, which is annoying because, again... Men don't look at sex the same way as women, at least in my preview. Before somebody comments and say that it's different, um, in my There's preview, always differences to every level. So if you're right. gonna comment, just understand that's your perspective. Oh yeah, there's always one that says, uh-uh, "I think yada yada." Anyway, I digress. Uh-huh. Um, I'm simply saying that what I've learned in my relationship now is what people have said about how intimacy has to become 
really part of sex or always was part of sex. I know earlier in my years, sex was literally just getting in. I'm now learning as I'm older that the intimacy piece of sex is very real, especially for women. So, you know, you've heard people say it all the time, you know, I'm tired now and I want to go do and you want me to go do this. And I was working all day and I'm with the kids, stuff like that. So I'm learning again that this stuff now matters. So it's like, hey, maybe if I want to do something later, you know, maybe I went to go pick the kids up from school. That way that you didn't have to go do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I made dinner that night, so you didn't have to do that. Maybe I washed the dishes, so you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Maybe I sent you a text early in the day and was like, hey, thinking about you. You know, maybe I called you normally when I wouldn't, things like that. Yeah, because intimacy happens. Intimacy happens. Of the bedroom. Right. And so then that builds bedroom, right. so that when the so when you're at the bedroom now, you know, you're more ready to go. Right. And I think that's where, even though that's never been our issue, mm-hmm. um, I think that's where couples really have issue is that when it's time to actually do the deed, one person is not ready for a plethora of reasons. Right. So I think that's what helps lead up into that is that you understand, and I'll take the blame to say men more so to understand that it's more than just in the bedroom. Because I even said it, I used to say this all the time. You know, I used to complain about the clothes and outfits and stuff. And, you know, and you'd be like, I'm ready. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. you know. Mm, yeah. So you that used your, to, You had your preference. Right. And what I used to do is allow my preference to overlap everything else. So if it wasn't something that I was interested in at the time, whether that was some form of a look, whatever that could be. I was just like, eh, all right. Well, you wanted the whole. Yeah. Like, you know, you had been watching whatever you had been watching and you needed the whole situation. And there's nothing wrong with that. I had to learn that. There's nothing wrong with that. But at certain points, like you said, like, bruh, did you just see me put these kids to sleep? Like, if you want it, let's get it now. We don't got time to be putting outfits and, 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 and storylines together. It's time to go do what we need to do. Right. And so sometimes it can't always be. A production. Right. Cannot no. be a full-edged production all the time. No, that's fully so. And but you deserve production because that's what you choose. That's your preference, right? Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with me meeting you halfway. Right. And that's the whole point I'm making. It's just that you have to now understand that when you want to be in a committed relationship, and sex is a big part of that relationship. It's huge. Then now... You have to then do for the other in more ways than just the regular, um, hey, love you, you know, <laughs> rubbing your back. You know, we, we love to do the whole rub your back. You good now? Because it's like a timer in our brains. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, but I'm no. rubbing your back now. All right. So pretty soon you're going to say you're ready because I've been ready. And, well, you know, y'all are different. Y'all anatomy exactly. is completely different. I could blow in your ear and you'll be ready. Right. Dude, it could be a <laughs> real gust of wind. Way. And I'm like, yo, it's on and popping. Right, no, so don't work that it's way totally different for y'all. So that's the thing. And again, that came with a level of understanding. That came with some growth. Mm-hmm. And that's with, um, again, wanting to work with your partner. Because before I would just be frustrated and just be like, uh, whatever. And then that would come out in my performance. Which, yeah. performance-wise, was there. But then again, it the connection wasn't there. 
And I'm also now learning how much the connection needs to be there in order for both sides to be satisfied um, when the deed is being done, so to speak. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk about, and we've talked about this at the last episode, about mental health. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk just briefly about how couples interact with each other when you realize that one or both partners may be having an issue. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just women who may need um, therapy. Uh, men have been joining this movement, I would like to say, of saying, mm-hmm. I need help. I need to get services. Especially I need to- after a pandemic or during a pandemic. Yeah, everybody's like, finally, finally. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking about it without looking like you have three eyes, right? Especially in our community. Black people are finally Always want to just go to the church and that's all you need. Right, you cannot just pray a mental health issue away. You you actually have to do... And it's crazy because even in the Bible it says uh, faith without works, but we forget the works part. Mm -hmm. We just want to go straight into the faith. Even the Bible people forget it. You know, we Mm -hmm. just be forgetting. So how would you... What would you say to a man that said that they needed help, they needed services, they needed to talk to someone? Because that's not always easy. It may be more understanding because women come off to be more nurturing and so mm-hmm. make more sense. Again, this is the the thought process that people have that it's easier for women when technically it may not always be. But for men, you know, I've been seeing an increase of men that have been telling their stories and not that you need to go into anything, but just... What would be the encouragement to a man that's sitting there saying, man, I'm really struggling? Like, what would be that encouragement? I actually would flip it to be like, you know, have you gone? So before you even talk to a person that's willing to tell you that they need help, mm-hmm. for those people are probably the ones that are already going to go seek it. If you're comfortable with admitting it, you're probably then going to go look into seeing it. So then my thing would be more so the people who don't want to go see it because they're like, you know, um, you know, who does that? That's stupid. You know, I'm a man. I don't need no help. Yada, yada. Every human being needs some form of mental health. Correct. Help. That's correct. Every form, no matter who you are, no matter where you at, everyone needs a professional, someone who has studied and is able to understand what a person is going through provide empathy for that person and then help them work through whatever that topic can be everybody and even though you know us as men we're like we're too ashamed to admit that we need help i need help i'm definitely okay with saying that and um, i try to encourage the people around me to do the same but what i will say to those people who haven't admitted or the ones who have admitted is that it's okay it's 2021 it is okay I don't even think you can go past a Facebook ad or Instagram ad and not see something about it. You definitely can't turn on no TV now and not see an ad or some channel about it. It's a thing. It's here. It's mainstream. Now, because people are more willing to admit that it's happening. I mean, they've even caught up with the times. You can do stuff online now. Right. You can do video chats. Like better help. I think you can have somebody text you. Like it, You don't even have to call, like be on the phone. You can... If you're a texter, you can actually text mm-hmm. a therapist that will, you know, text your way. Because there's some people who that works for. Right. I think we get caught in the whole mindset of therapy. Therapy is when I spend thousands of dollars to go sit down someone's um, couch. couch that looked like my grandma's old couch. Mm-hmm. And lay there and talk about my parents. And then just roll the way through. And if that is where it starts for you, that is fine. But again, that is not what therapy is at all. It is literally expressing that everything is not okay. Right. And it's okay that it's not okay. 
that part. Right. And how to then navigate through the fact that it's not okay. Because I know as a man myself, I struggle with how, how am I being a father? I struggle with how am I being a husband? I struggle with then how am I being a human? Not, not in no particular order. But mm-hmm. I know those are things that I struggle with just as a human being. So I can express all those concerns to my partner. Right. I can express all those to my friends. Mm-hmm. But the insight I get back also comes from their level of understanding, which is not going to be the same as a professional who has taken the time to actually study behavior. Correct. And those studies of behavior can then help you unlock the true issues you're having. So that's why I say it is important for everyone to admit that you need it. And if you've never seen talk to one before, almost every job in the world has an employee assistant program and you get free sessions. And it's confidential. Right. So go have those free sessions. They're free, especially with the people that are talking about they don't want to spend no money. Take your free sessions. Right. Three, six, else, two, one, whatever it is. Take your free session and then prove to yourself that you're fine. Walk in there, sit down. And have that person high-five you to be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You never need a therapy. You're great. That's not going to happen. But, hey, <laughs> comment and prove me wrong that that's what happened when it did. But I'm telling you that everybody needs some level of time with a professional just to do it. Just to do a check-in. I mean, at the end of the day, you buy a brand-new car. You still don't ever take it to get checked up. Like after a while, you gotta get it. You gotta get it checked in. Gotta get oil changed. Got you know. You this so there's always something. There is nothing that can operate without some kind of um, additional help. So I'm gonna ask every guest this season two to three questions. Okay. So the first question is, what is your high so far for the year? Whether that be I don't get high. Okay, nobody said if I didn't say how did you get high. Oh, okay. I, I said, heard. I was like, I don't get high. You know, I don't get high. I, I do. Okay. I said, Lord have mercy. Mm-mm. I said, what are what is your high for the year? An accomplishment. Oh, accomplishment. Something so you that, should just let with accomplishment. Bruh, I thought you were talking about high. I don't no, get high. Oh okay. What is your high? Whether that mm-hmm. be an accomplishment, whether it be personal, professional, hmm. what is the one thing that you want to give yourself a high five for for accomplishing? For 2021, because we're going in this season, we're going to end out through the holidays. Mm-hmm. So, what is that for you? A high for 2021. Um, I will. I will say my. Um. I'm going to say my high for the year is my um, financial literacy mm-hmm. and learning that even though I'm an accountant and by skill and have all this knowledge about how to operate a business and things of that nature, just the things that I've learned just this year that have then improved our finances as a family mm-hmm. around savings and budgeting and stuff like that. You know, it's it's crazy. I work for these uh, multi-million dollar organizations or whatever. And I could tell you where every penny of their money is and I have a clue where mine went. Right. You know, and that has changed for me now. And um, that's a big piece. And we've seen the fruits of that labor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got money saved in the bank now and Pretty stuff like that. Way. You know, um, we're establishing accounts and moving forward. Um you know, homes and all this other stuff is taken care of and things like that. So I would say that's the big win for me because um, 
one of the things that I definitely struggle with is, again, managing this family um, financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And on the financial piece of it, I'm getting better and more comfortable with knowing that um, I'm actually able to take care of my family. You know, cause that's a, that was a, definitely a true concern for me financially because uh, we had a quick family. You know, I feel like our family yeah. just kind of happened overnight. <laughs> and then they expanded the next day and it was yeah, like all the kids are two years apart and you might think that two years is not a big deal but you know they come up quick when you have two kids two years apart that means there's a baby coming and there's a two-year-old in daycare and, and then, then there's another, y'all gonna say daycare coming. right oh right Lord. And daycare fees right there that's taking up all the time so yeah so I'll, it was definitely wondering about what we was gonna <laughs> do what was it gonna we was gonna make it and um <laughs> Paying bills and stuff like that, but I'm happy to say that we're on better side through prayer and through counsel, and uh, so I'm definitely happy. I would, I would, I would, I would say that. And what are you looking forward to as far as the holidays? Because you know, holiday season is just well it's already November, so well we're already into the thrust of holidays. In 2021 pandemic, I'm not looking forward to any holiday. Okay, I'm looking forward to being in my house. That's still a holiday, though. I, I'm fine to celebrate my family, my family, my immediate family right. in my house with us and whatever that looks like, because I'm still one of those people. I'm not ready to be out in the world um, like that. Um, you know, I'm comfortable with my pie. That's what they're calling it, right? I'm comfortable with my pie. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, looking forward to celebrating it that way with our new traditions and stuff like that. So on that side of it, that's exciting. Um, you know, our own personal traditions and what we've been able to put together as a family. Um, so I guess that piece of it. But outside of the normal piece, the pre-pandemic with the travel here and the go there and the meet here and all that other stuff, not wasn't looking forward to any of that. And because of the pandemic, don't even have to worry about it. So That's always a good thing. Uh, what are you looking forward to changing? What's the one thing you're still looking to change before the end of the year? You know, any goal that you're working towards that you're just like, I'm not there, but I'm getting there. And I would hope to be there hopefully before the new year. <sighs> I guess I would say the one thing there is um, I am attempting to increase my health. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pushed to... Um, take more of a proactive care in my health, mm-hmm. um, working on my weight and things of that nature and just being healthy all around. Um, so continue with my daily walks, right. stuff like that, and looking at other ways to increase exercise because, you know, I'm, I'm behind a desk all day. Um, even at home. Even at home, right. <laughs> so I just sit at my desk all day, whether it's meetings or calls or whatever we're doing or whatever. I don't have really time to get up. Um, my eating habits are horrible because, again, I'm just behind the desk all day and stuff like that. So I'm just looking forward to continuing um, the, with the small changes I've made in my health and hoping to increase them in the next year. And I just want to give you a compliment because I don't think you see the small changes that you're making with just like, you know, you have, he has a a sit down and stand up desk, Mm -hmm. getting up, 
and moving while you're, you know, standing and while you're moving at your desk. Which I, which I was definitely one of the people that said, this is a stupid invention. Yeah, because I got excited <laughs> the one year I got one. Mm-hmm. And you were like, absolutely not. This, that's Just get up and walk away from your desk. It but is. you know it's not. In theory, it's dumb. It's, you have a desk. Right. And the whole point of a desk, right. unless I'm missing something, mm-hmm. is to sit at said desk right. and then do what you're supposed to be doing. Why would I stand at a desk? Because you can't get up as often as you would like to. And be. And because I can't get up as frequently, right? it does allow me to work those other muscles that wouldn't normally be working. So, um, and they're real good, actually, um, for meetings. Because when I'm working, I'm in it. So, I, 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 I like to be sitting down and be in it. You know, I got my spreadsheets open and stuff like that using both, you know, using my monitors and stuff like that. So, when I'm in it, I'm in it. So I don't want to be standing up at that point. Um, but they're great for meetings because at the meeting, I'm paying attention anyway. I'm not supposed to be doing anything else, just focusing on the meeting. So it's good then to just be using the ability to stand up there and be focused on that meeting. And you really feel the difference. Like I feel better. Like, you know, my back doesn't hurt as much. You know, I'm, um, yeah, so I just, I, just, I just feel better. So that was an investment. You were right again. You're welcome. But, you know, also with the eating, too, just, you know, trying to encourage you just because you're home to eat your three meals and your snacks. Because if you go back into the office, if you don't try to get some type of a hold on this now, you won't have that steady use of, you know, being used to doing that when you go back in. Like you have the freedom and ability to come up. I try to do my part to try to bring food down to where you are and. You know, just try to make sure that I'm encouraging you to do that as well so that you can and encourage your habits instead of me being the one that's detrimental to your habits. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. So, I want to say good luck with that. Thank you. But, I'm, you know, I'm always going to support you in making sure that you're here and healthy because we want you to be here. And, you know, your family loves you and appreciates all the things that you do, too. I'm starting to believe it. Well, look at God. Mm -hmm. Look at God. But... I do want to make sure that we at least touch on one other thing before we make it seem as if we just had a horrible birthday and all we did was talk about all the time we're going to leave each other. I don't (laughs) want that that to be just left out there and everybody was like, well, that was a horrible vacation. I'm not never taking their advice. You know, that was one of the things that was discussed that day. I think the, the, I wouldn't say biggest. I don't want to give them a a number or whatever. But one of the other things I appreciate about that honest conversation we had was that we talked about our goals mm-hmm. and manifesting. Yes. And you are the manifest queen. I am the manifest queen. Like you live like your vision boards, like if you if you don't have a vision board, um, Toy Time World people out there, <laughs> get one. Yes. And then have Toy write on it, spit on it, touch it, something. <laughs> because she just has been able to focus all her goals and dreams on the things that she wants. She puts it down visually, and those things are just continuing to come through, through the podcast, through the blog, through your notoriety for being recognized and your accolades and continuing to grow with your numbers growing and things like that. And, you know, I was joking with my family the other day. I was like, I don't know where she is. I don't know. I just come home, and she might be there. She might not be there. <laughs> so I don't know. I just know I'll see her on the news probably, or I'll get a, somebody will send me a clip. You know, your wife was at such and such. And, you know, you you know, I like to say you're living your best life, which I appreciate, especially knowing your journey. Right. And um, 
you when you and I really sat down about, you know, what we want our next couple of years to look like, where we want to live, mm-hmm. where we want to keep raising our kids, um, the schools we want them to go to, the colleges we want them to go to, you know, where advancements you want to do with your business, where I want to go with mine, the, the, the business adventures I want to start embarking on. Right. You know, those were amazing conversations because I feel like those were before they used to be conversations about wouldn't it be great. <laughs> right. It was almost like a wish list. It was like, yeah, even though we was like, Psh, that's not happening. Right. But like, you know, we went to Paris mm-hmm. and, you know, we're manifest. We're saying that we're going to do things now, and we're actually doing them. So that piece is huge, um, and I'm happy that we continue to have those conversations. And we're thinking like a business. We're thinking like a partnership, and more importantly, we're thinking together. And we're having more conversations where we're agreeing on things. And I think because now we're at the point where we really understand where both of us are in this relationship and how we can make each other better. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. And I also want to say about vision boards because I love, I cannot wait to start 2022. Like Me? I'm, I can't now either. Right. I totally hated them. And yeah. I thought this was another thing you didn't drag me into and this is dumb. And I'm clipping out this stuff on these books and pictures of these <laughs> men that I'll never look like. Right. And putting them up and saying, that's going to be my body in five years. It currently is not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, this is dumb, but. You manifested your new car. Yep. You manifested your trips. Mm-hmm. You manifested your new businesses, endeavors, and partnerships and stuff like that. Yep. So it's like, so yours has been working. Well, see, this is the thing. So vision boards are a beautiful thing. They are there as, like they say, a vision board for you to visualize the dream. But the part that everybody doesn't get to see, which you do get to see, is that you vision something and then you work towards it Mm -hmm. so you'll see me on a laptop and i'm like let me do a b and c because Mm -hmm. i know this is going to get me closer to the dream so every day every week every month you need to be doing something towards getting you to that vision whatever it may be whether it's getting your credit together whether it's uh working out or eating the better foods like you're doing like these are things that you have to be actively doing to get you to what this vision wants to be. If I'm looking to work with partnerships for certain companies, I got to make sure that when I go to post that my posts are, you know, they look right because mm-hmm. I want to attract this particular company um, so that I can do what I need to be doing. So I feel like vision boards, some people do them and they don't see anything from that. And it's because you have to do the vision, but you also have to work at it. And I'm a um, more practical type person. I don't dream as much. I do need to dream more. Mm-hmm. I need to think, um, not think. I need to live out uh, those thoughts more and think about the possibilities of things. I've, I've always been more practical. I'm in numbers. It's just always been my thing. You know, a number is a number. It always is. Right. There's, there's no absolute. Changing. They're not right. changing. Two plus two is four. It always will be. No matter what you say, no matter what you want to like, do. Two plus two is four, but add that one, we're going to Right. Five, and you want to keep, keep adding stuff. Right. And I'm like, no, because it's four. And it's like, there's nothing else. It's just four. And you're like, well, it is four, but it could be four. And I'm like, well, that's not a thing. And But you're not things are becoming things. So that's the part where I'm looking in awe and trying to also kind of get there as well to be like, you know what? I need to not only have these plans, not only clip out the stuff and have the board, but then also put the vision behind it. Be, be, I'm getting more comfortable now with dreaming in order to then fulfill those dreams. Because before I was just like, what's the point of even thinking about those things when they're not going to happen? 
Well, I think your part, and you said it in the earlier in the podcast, it was just the survival part of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that now that you've gotten us past just basically existence. Yeah, I think we're going to be fine now. Yeah, I think right. now you can open up your dream world to then go further than that mm-hmm. because you've seen the work you've done to, to get to the survival point. Mm-hmm. Or I past mean, the survival or point. Or past Because, right. I mean, we were in, in so many years literally surviving. Mm-hmm. You know, the jobs that I would take would be just enough to get us through daycare or different things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, those things are real. And that's a real life situation that a lot of couples are facing. Mm-hmm. You know, especially finances when finances get crazy, especially when you have young family because our kids didn't miss even when we missed. Right. You know, our kids never missed a beat. It's going to be so interesting when they're older for them to talk about their childhood. I really wish... They would get out there and be talking about what they didn't get. Right. Because I would really love, like, we've asked them that. And, like, our kids would be like, you didn't get us that dog or that ferret. My oldest wants a ferret. And that's just not going to happen. And I told her, you just going to have to go you go go ahead to therapy for that because I'm not getting you. But no the therapy. good thing is that they can say that they didn't get the wild, strange things. Yes. As opposed to the real love and care that they needed. That foundation piece I'm has always been I'm more concerned there. about their self-care mm-hmm. and their mental health mm-hmm. and their ability to feel loved over any material. That's why every night, like, love you, We tell hugs, them, yes, love, kisses, check Mandatory. Ins, um, mm-hmm. See where they are. And then we receive when they tell us that we need to do something better. Which is hard as Which a parent. Which is hard. Because Be- I'm like, what? Because I think all these millennial parents are crazy with this whole mentality about this whole mentality about our kids are our friends kind of thing. Yeah, we're not wanting yeah. to be their friends. My kids are not my friends. I'm your father. But, <laughs> we're not kids. We're not equal. But, but I am willing to support you to be mentally, Absolutely. I'm open to know that strong. I don't get it right all the time. Right. And we apologize to our kids, too. That's big. Apologize because, and change. Because, man, I can't tell you the number mean. of times my mom apologized to me about anything. It was just like, you know, whatever and move on kind of thing. You don't need no apology. Right. You don't need no apology. I'm your mother kind of thing. I fed you. Right. That was the mindset then. So that's one piece I guess they did get right um, is that we are willing to hear knowing that we're not the absolutes. So mm-hmm. and they're allowed to have their opinions and feelings as long as they're not disrespectful. Absolutely. Yeah. Disrespect will never work. But listening to them and hearing them, um, I feel like hopefully knock on all the wood in, right. in every country, but hopefully that we're giving them that space that they feel supported. But I brought that up to say, knowing when you mentioned about our financial struggles earlier on, they sh- hopefully Never have no them. understanding about that or what that was and stuff like that. Um, you know, shopping at different places as opposed to <laughs> where we're shopping at other spots, you know, yeah. and clipping them coupons, which are cool. You still clip the coupons, still clip them coupons. But they used to be a requirement. <laughs> you know, now they're just because we've learned to budget and do things better. So we're no, better with our spending. I've made clipping But, um, but I again, it's not, you know, if we don't have that coupon, we don't, we, we, we're still buying the food. You know, oh, that's yeah. the point yeah. where we are now. Where before it was like, we yo, that thing ain't on sale, son. We ain't getting that, this, this, or this. We just got to make it through to that next check you here. So, that's true. Um, that's true. And I'm so proud to be on the other side of that. Um, and again, I don't think the kids have any understanding of that piece 
at all because you know from our understanding they've never missed a beat so it will be i will be interested to know like when they get older and tell their stories about growing up you know they'll complain about the ferret but outside of that i don't think (laughs) there'll be any real complaints about you know any of our family members that are listening we will hunt you down if you even tip to get no ferret they will have to come live with you full time yeah, I almost threw a pair of pants back at one family member who gave MJ these skinny jeans. I'll definitely throw a ferret back at somebody. Put my son in those no skinny jeans. We don't want no animal rights issues, but Mm-mm. ferrets can't come here. No, they can't. Nah, not Mm-mm. at all. Cat looking up in here. Yeah, the cat. We have a cat, and he's already doing the most, but we can't do ferrets. Mm-hmm. So that piece, I'm glad that we have uh, moved forward for. And again, I'm glad that that conversation, or one of many, but that was like a major one. Yeah. And, um, for us and um, we're still continuing to have those conversations you know again I take it back to where we were before you know we are not those kids we're not we can't be those kids ever and um, we can still have the fun that those kids had every now and again but we are the adults that we are now we have responsibilities now it's bigger than us and again frustration comes on both sides so I'm also working on like not being as mad or hope. Well, no, no, no. I still get mad, but I'm working on not being mad and upset for long periods anymore. Yeah. Cause I asked you how long is this going to take? Right. That used to be a thing. Well, it's still a thing. How long is it going to take? You know, because you know, you can blame it on being an only child. You can blame it on the fact that I'm just good at dismissing people. I'll take both of those. If you say it, I'm going to go second. I'm totally good with both, but my piece is, again, like, if you bugging me, and this is where we also differ, if you're bugging me and now you're on my nerves and I don't want to be around you and have nothing to do with you, and you're the flip, you want to bug somebody, and then you're like, well, what are you doing? Can I sit next to you? No, you're bugging me. Leave me alone. I don't well, want you around sir. me. Where are you going? So, we ain't going on the couch because we don't believe in that. Right. We ain't going out these doors because so we don't believe that. And it's COVID. So where are you going? Right. So we're going to work it out. And we survived you... COVID. Oh, listen. High five top, for that because mm-hmm. we did not have any major arguments. Nope. We weren't. I, I actually call. like you. I like you too. Right. It's this and blaze. You know, I, God is good. Won't he do Amen. Mm-hmm. So, so that is the good piece. And I'm glad that, again, we've been able to continue to grow as a couple because, man, mm-hmm. you could probably do a whole segment on the pre-market and toy and interview a couple people and get a whole different, different level of conversation of we, how we were. We don't even exist right now. Right. If we go back to that. Which is fine. Which is Which fine. Is fine. That was our story. We don't hide our story. That was what it was. And we are nowhere near that now. No. But I do appreciate you being on this episode. Thank you very much and for letting me be on this episode. Absolutely. And I feel like just having that, you know, dynamic of us talking back and forth you know, again, gives women a perspective hearing it from a male side. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that for the men, they're hearing it from the female side. And reality is, is that, you know, with all these episodes, it's always really just about one, always talking about mental health care, always pushing self-care, mm-hmm. um, taking care of yourself. And when you're in a relationship, it's best that you find a way to take care of yourself so that when the two come together, you come back stronger. One of the great things that has made us stronger is just having our own outlets and having our own friends and having those situations where we mm-hmm. can go away from each other and have something to come back to the table to talk about mm-hmm. um, and not be up underneath one another um, or me underneath you or whatever you want to call it, but just having our own space, mm-hmm. our own time, and then coming together stronger and then be willing to have really good conversations, whether 
they be about stuff that may drive a wedge mm -hmm. or a situation that brings us together. I feel like even with the, the, the deep conversation we had, it just still made us stronger. We had a great understanding. Yeah, it wasn't a whole like, oh, you know, now I know what you're thinking and you're yeah. going to go do whatever. And that's the main piece. Again, those conversations that you have, crucial conversations, they are rough and they may leave a little sting at that point in time, but they're never deal breakers, you know. They're just what needs, and well, I'll say in my opinion, they're just conversations that need to be had if you want your relationship to be successful. And you have to be willing to have those conversations. That's ne definitely necessary. Yeah, because holding it in only builds resentment. Oh, and that's and then that comes out in different things. And that's the slamming of the pots, or, you know, now you're slamming the car door, or now you're giving evil looks and all this other stuff, and it's like, yeah, right. what's wrong with you? And that's the point. You don't want to live in an environment like that, even between, even, don't, even if you don't have children, you don't want that. And then if you have kids, they shouldn't right. have to absorb that type of energy. And kids know. Kids know better and they more know more than what you think they know. Mm -hmm. And so you got to always operate from the perspective that they know without telling them. Right. And and when you live from the perspective that they know without telling them, it changes the way you talk to your partner. It changes the way your partner talks to you and relates to you. And it changes the dynamic of making sure that the house is solid. Our biggest thing is making sure the peace of our home is unchanged. Right. So. Well, thank you again for having me. Absolutely. I, I appreciate it. Oh. I'm going to start charging you for this. I'm going to charge you. <clears throat> um, so, thank you guys for listening. This is episode one of season five. How amazing. We do always encourage you, one, to make sure you take care of your mental health. If this is your first time, do not ever let this be your last. If you're on a treadmill, you're working out, we're going to send that good energy back to you. If you are just vibing out and listening, you just thought this was interesting, maybe you stumbled upon this episode or any other of the episodes, I always believe that nothing happens by accident. You were brought here for a reason and for a purpose, and I'm hoping that you've learned something, you've taken something back, and you're going to apply it to your actual life. And again, not only should you listen, but go ahead and, you know, follow, subscribe, as well as share the episode. You can listen to the episode on all of the social uh, media platforms, as well as any of the podcast platforms. We encourage you to just continue to support. And we thank you for listening. We'll come back for uh, next week as we listen to episode number two of season five. And you've been listening to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.